We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history, as well as their queer history and community members. The Voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. Hi, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin and the song you just heard was Goblin Mindset by June Jones. I'm Luna and I'm here with Liz and June Jones in the studio. Hello. We're doing an interview today and talking about June's new album coming out in a week, Pop Music for Normal Women. Yeah, I can jump, I'll jump, jump right into, into it. So obviously, as you just said, Pop Music for Normal Women is now coming out in under a week. So mm-hmm. uh, how are you feeling about that? I feel, I don't know if I have anything interesting to say. I, you know, I feel good. I'm excited for it to be out and to move on with my life. <laughs> Fair enough. You've like put a, it's been building up so much. It's kind of almost like finally you can, everyone can hear it now and like you can like It can never relax. be undone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the album, video games are a recurring theme. Some of the production also feels like it was inspired by video game soundtracks. Gamer especially, was that an active inspiration? I feel like the kinds of stuff that maybe is coming through on tracks like Gamer is not really a conscious inspiration. I feel like there's one video game soundtrack that I do come back to quite a bit, but it's, I feel like it actually doesn't really sound like this record at all. Um, and it's the soundtrack to a video game called Near um, Automata, which is like really beautiful and eclectic and like quite cinematic and orchestral and choral and it's got lots of different things happening, but um. I don't know, maybe just the sounds of like early Game Boy games has like penetrated my brain and like (laughs) laid eggs in there and now it comes out in the sounds that I choose for my songs. Yeah, no fair. Like I I know Nero Automata, it's a great game. Mm. So yeah, I can definitely, like it's funny how sometimes we get inspiration from things even if they don't sound anything like the inspiration. Like it's funny how things work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, so there's, there's so much range on this album. Like, was diving into, like, any of those new sounds, like, very daunting or, like, any sort of, like, like did it all kind of come out out of, like, experimentation without expectations? Like, Yeah, like? I think so. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of experimentation, a lot of songs that, like, I'm fully made and then scrapped. Yeah, I, I feel like most albums I make... I mean, at some point I I write probably twice as many songs as end up on the album and then maybe five more become fully formed, produced songs and then they just don't, they don't cut the mustard, as they say. (laughs) That's fair enough. Lyrics-wise, tracks on Leafcutter and Diana often had a more unconventional structure and the verses on this new album are structured more traditionally pop, but it all still feels very June Jones. Did you approach the songwriting side of things any differently for this project? Um, Yeah, I think as the name sort of suggests, I was trying to think about what the shape of a pop song would mean um, and how I could use the same sort of impulses for songwriting that I have. I feel like I've developed I developed earlier when I was doing more kind of 
folk songwriting and like lyrical songwriting and I feel like for a while my average song length was like about five minutes and then on this album I've sort of cut it down to about three minutes and 20 seconds Mm. um, which has actually been quite fun to be forced to be concise especially in the verses and then just kind of get a bit weird and silly in the choruses a lot of the time. Yeah no that's nice um you, I was sort of wondering, a bit of curiosity as well, um, where the name of the album came from, because obviously, like, normal has, like, has a lot of connotations <laughs> and associations with that word. So, yeah. like, what inspired you to use, like, that in the album and stuff? Um, I have a friend, and we always joke about being normal women, and I guess the key word is joke. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think it's kind of funny but also it's ambiguous and like if it's funny why is it funny you know like why is it so absurd that these experiences that I talk about on the album could be considered normal like a normal experience of womanhood um and so I I think it's kind of meant to be both um tongue-in-cheek but also maybe trying to like um challenge you to think about like what those words even mean yeah. Yeah. It's a loaded word. Totally. <laughs> Obviously, you know, um, I'd like to think that it's obvious that the music is for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think the, the joke about normal women is about the fact that, you know, I could list a series of, of words that would describe my experience that wouldn't be considered um, a quote unquote, you know, normal or normative experience of the world. Yeah. And features are a lot more present on this album uh, with the likes of Alice Skye, Katie Day and Garion. What inspired the collaborations? Well, Leaf Cutter, the album I put out last year, was probably my most, I mean, it was my most solitary um, album to make because I'd sort of gone from I had a band until about four years ago and so we'd make our albums together and then I made my first solo record with my friend Jeffrey as the producer and then Leafcutter I made basically entirely you know on my own at Mm. home and it wasn't until I got um, someone to master it that you know there was like a, a real solid collaborator on board that wasn't someone who I was like you know a friend or a partner that I was sort of sending stuff to and being like what do you think um because, you know, those people are collaborators in a sense as well and a very important part of my process. Um, but Leafcutter was a very solitary experience to make during a, you know, collectively a very solitary time. Um, and it felt important to do that to me. Like, I was like, I need to see if I can do this all by myself. And then I did, and I was like, that was fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually miss working with other people Um and yeah, so there was sort of a conscious effort to get some of my dear friends who are also some of my favorite musicians to be a part of the record. No, it's really great to see like so many other like big names like here in Melbourne, like sort of collaborating mm. on that. So it was really, it's really great to see. Um, I guess like kind of going on a bit there and everything, mm-hmm. like a lot of the music videos that we've seen so far coming out have been like absolutely amazing. Like Goblin Mindset was a great one when that one came out. It actually, one of the other shows I know that I work with, 1700, labelled that one as their clip of the week a bit oh, cool. ago because 
uh, again, like fantastic music video for that. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any more like for the album that are planned or any like potentially in production that you're allowed to talk about or anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my, my, my team says I can't say anything <laughs> about the um, seven other music videos that I'm working on. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just, I did too because I, te- you know, I, it was sort of a funny release cycle where I actually put out Motorcycle which is technically the first single off the album. I think it was in July last year. And then I made the rest of the album. And then I was like, you know what? Motorcycle still feels like part of the album. And so I did two more singles with Goblin Mindset and If Only. And I find making music videos extremely tiring. And um, I loved being able to have Daniel R. Marx make the If Only video. They animated it. Um, and I, I really just loved that I didn't have to be in front of the camera <laughs> um, or, like, directing or, like, sourcing clothes and getting all these people to be at a place at a time. You know, I think I'd like to think that for my next record I will have less duties. You know, I uh, have a, have limited capacity to to do all of these things, but I, you know, I'd love to do, to have done more music videos, but um, two is all you get this time. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, I guess with that, like you said that, like when did you kind of decide that all the collection of tracks that you'd made so far, like would become an album and stuff? I feel like I maybe had six of them, maybe two thirds done. Probably had a couple of other ones that I was like, maybe they'll end up on it. And I actually just, I set a deadline for myself earlier in the year because I just thought about it for a second and I was like, I do not want to see the number 2023 next to my album title. It's just, it's a really unsettling number to me. That's fair. <laughs> and I was like, I just need the neatness. The, there's something nice about the number 2022. And I was like, that's reason enough for me to just totally go turbo for six months and finish the record. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like if I don't set myself a deadline, then I just won't finish it. Um, so, you know, it's a, bit, it's a bit arbitrary, but I was just like, you know, this looks like it could be an album, and then I decided that it would be one. That's fair. I need that dedication for more deadlines like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're getting back into performing again this year. How has that been for you? It's been really good. I feel like, yeah, not to talk about the never-ending pandemic but the first year I felt an almost almost a sense of relief from for taking a break from performing because I I think before that you know I was playing about once every two weeks for a few years and it felt nice to 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 yeah step back be able to write more not have to think too much about performing um but then the sort of second year of of not really playing shows really started to like affect me, especially because I'd sort of released a whole album, uh, you know, a year into the pandemic Mm -hmm. and I'd only gotten to play three or four shows, I think. And then I was writing new stuff and I was just like, it really occurred to me like how much my sense of what I'm doing is informed by the live performance aspect and engaging with people Mm -hmm. in person in that way. yeah, it really started to like affect my, I feel like I had a sort of crisis of self for a moment. And I think it's been so good to be back on stage. I, I lap it up 
you know, my year six drama classes <laughs> really did a number on me. <laughs> and now I, lo- I love the stage. That's fair. Like, it's it's fair enough on, like, through COVID to get a bit antsy after a while. Like, I feel like that was a, sort of a, a resounding reaction from a lot of artists. Like, at first, it's a bit of, like, a little bit of relief to get a yeah. break. But then, like, after so long, it's just, like, itching to get back out there. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a really busy schedule coming up this year uh, for the rest of the year. And I'm sort of, like, both intimidated but also kind of ready for the challenge. Great. In terms of playing, yeah, shows. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any live performances coming up? Uh, yes. I have sort of a big tour coming up, but I guess it's not announced yet. We, I think we're announcing it on Friday when the record comes out. Um, so we'll be playing in quite a few places around Australia and I feel excited. I'm going to... So my friend Seth, who plays as Garyon, who co-produced Motorcycle, is going to come on tour with me and they're going to play guitar and some synth and just be my, my hype man. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to do that. I feel like as well, you know, after two years, I, I, I had two years where I didn't leave Victoria. And um, the first time I left and went to Sydney, I was like, oh, my God, I'll go anywhere and be stoked. <laughs> so, like, I'm ready to, to go, you know. I feel like I have to catch, like, 25 flights before the end of the year or something. Um, you got to set, like, a like a, a counter. You just mean, like, you got to hit it before then, like. Got to get my frequent flyer points. <laughs> um, the but best yes, motivation. I'm not actually excited to get onto planes or be in airports, but I am excited for what they allow me to do, which is to play all around the country later this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> um, like, well, again, like, thank you so much for coming on for this, for today and everything for the show and, like, for doing this interview with us. Um, where can, like, our listeners find you online and, like, check check out your stuff? Um, well, you can find my music on the platforms, Bandcamp. And then the one with all the videos and the ones with the songs where you pay the money <laughs> once a month and then you get all the songs in the world. Um, I feel like I'm most active in terms of social media on Instagram. Um, I don't have TikTok yet. I'm like too old. <laughs> I'm too old and, and I'm, vul- I'm vulnerable to TikTok. I feel like if I had TikTok, I wouldn't have made it into the studio today <laughs> to talk with you. Um, I use Twitter a little bit, but I'm... I mainly do uh, shit posting, and is that not what Twitter's great for? Though I feel like that's what Twitter's for. I I actually deleted my account last year, and then I took a little break, and then I started a new one. And I was like, I you know what? This one is just shit posting and sometimes sharing music stuff. Um, but yes, uh, the only way to have a, a proper like corporate account. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went. I went to a thing recently and, and for the thing there was like my name, like there was like a profile for me on like the website and then they'd embedded everyone's Twitter uh, feeds onto their like profiles um, and it was just really absurd to like look at this like sort of semi-corporate industry event and go to my profile and then there's just like immediately uh, four tweets about bodily fluids from me. <laughs> so um, obviously representing the community yeah Yeah. good for them 
Yeah. Um, I guess like before, like we're just going to play out the next song and everything. Um, but we're going to be playing a track from the album that's not out yet, which is Extrovert mm. uh, featuring Alice Skye. Yeah. Anything you want to tell us a bit about it before we play it? Um, anything I want to tell you about Extrovert? I feel like it's the most guitar-y song of my entire solo career. And it's the most electric guitar-y song of probably my entire musical career. Um, I kind of do a like... I'm playing like a kind of gratuitous guitar solo in the background for like the last like minute and a half. Um, so I'm excited for Seth to recreate that on stage. Someone described it as new metal adjacent and I was like into that. Um, and when Alice came to my place to record her vocals for this track, uh, she was wearing some like shoes that I really liked. They were like these kind of weird alien sort of like Crocs but not. And then I found, she told me where, to, where she got them and then I ordered them for myself, but they didn't have the color that I wanted. So I ended up getting these like green ones and like they're truly the most disgusting piece of footwear that I own. <laughs> so thanks Alice for that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, I'll just, I have to see those. I'm really I actually, I just have to say they look really good on Alice, <laughs> <laughs> but I have the biggest feet in the entire world and the colour that I got was truly atrocious. So, yeah. I mean, what, what, about, what, what better way to bring uh, to draw attention to them, I guess? Yes, and to my plight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, well, I guess we'll jump into the song now so we can hear it. Um, yep. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on, June. It's been so great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, um, so let's just jump in right now. Here is Extrovert by June Jones featuring Alice Skye. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.